Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax enrolled agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Throughout the show, we will be offering our Retirement Rescue Game Plan, which is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg. Now, we're talking about tax risk, uh, inflation risk, stock market risk. You have to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. And in that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books. You'll get a few different financial reports, and you'll get access to my webinar entitled taxes in retirement. And you may be asking, how can I get that, Marcus? And all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, you put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, that is warrenwealth.net, warrenwealth.net. All right, so here we are. And um, it is the holiday season. Uh, I would I would say that it's uh, you know that it's been uh, the weather. It seems like it's uh, holiday season. I mean, it hasn't really been any snowfall. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Just rains and temperature changes from it being in the 30s to in the 60s yeah. and rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know it's not that uh, it's not traditional. December weather. It's not. You know what it's I mean? It's really not. You know, some people would blame it on climate change, but since yes. we're a financial show, um, I'm not going to get into the uh, environmental politics of uh, whether or not uh, uh, we can blame these um, our current climate on climate change. But anyway. Um, I love so, this time of year, um, mainly because of the movies. You yes. Know? I think a lot. I think that's, I think oh, the, a lot of people the enjoy. The Christmas movies, mm-hmm. or are we talking about... Uh, um, yeah, me, yeah. Uh, the Kingsman and well, <laughs> the oh, holiday, that's true. Well, not not holiday, you know the the New like movies holiday coming. newer movies. You know, I don't I don't even know what's going on in movie theaters anymore. Are people going to movie theaters I don't anymore? Know. I don't know either. I, I know that uh, West Side Story came out recently, but I'm not sure if anybody went to go see that. Um, uh, I know I've been to the movie theaters a couple of times since things opened back up and. Um, Sparse. I, it it yeah. hasn't been as full um, as uh, I've seen it in the past with, with big releases. And I'm even that way. I mean, I, I have, you know, everyone has those big screens in their house and streaming. And, yeah. you know, you can kind of wait, you know, a few weeks or a few months and watch it in the comfort of your own living room. That's true. You know, just mm-hmm. like a lot of people might be listening listening to this in the comfort of their own living rooms or in the comfort or discomfort of your cars or if you're listening on the podcast maybe you're jogging along doing whatever as we talk about all these great financial issues and and strategies that are out there that's true if that's you're right. uh, in retirement so let's there do that go. let's get into some money matters here comes the money here we go money talks here comes the money 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 money, money. All right. So, you know, as we approach uh, the end of the year, um, I always like to, to talk about uh, some things that people can can do to uh, sustain their wealth, um, keep their wealth and, you know, hopefully eventually uh, increase uh, that wealth. And so I want to go through um, about six or seven items or so of things you can do uh, now or should be at least looking to do now. Before the uh, before the end of the year, uh, just to make sure that your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, and everything is buttoned up as you head into twenty twenty two. So, let's talk about a few of these things. So, the first thing that I think that that people need to uh, to do as you approach the new year is to review your investments. Um, and so, what do I mean by that? 
Um, basically, what I mean is is rebalance your portfolio. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Rebalancing your your portfolio. So, generally, what 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 should happen um, with when when you're investing is you should have some sort of asset allocation plan. You, you hear about you needing to be diversified, right, between stocks and bonds. And I'm going to keep it simplistic uh, for the sake of this example. So say that heading into uh, the first of the year in 2021, your allocation uh, and you were comfortable with, say, a 50% stock, 50% bond allocation. And uh, throughout the course of the year, you know, we've seen the market, uh, it's gone up. Right. And uh, the market's gone up. And generally what happens is and it's really gone up on the stock side. And so what generally happens is then that tends to throw your your 50 50 split out of whack because there's been a big increase in the stock portion uh, of your investments. And so say now you're at a 75 percent allocation towards stocks and just 25 percent with bonds. Now. You may be tempted just to wait for a while to see how the market evolves before you even want to uh, ratchet that down and, and, and go back to that 50-50 split because, you know, if, if, that's, if that's the allocation that was right for you, even though you, might, you, you may be out of balance now, you're still like, well, these stocks have done well. Maybe I should stay there. And really, you know, we, we've all been spoiled into complacency with this bull market uh, that we've experienced basically since um, 2008 and, and the Great Recession. However, you should not forget that volatility, it does happen, right? And so, you know, it's almost impossible to predict accurately when the next bear market will start. Um, and really, you know, after more than, uh, really it's been about 18 months of strong, very strong gains, um, you know, it really is time to reassess if you and your portfolio our position for a potential downturn. And so you want to make sure that your por- that your portfolio risk is aligned with your goals and that your asset allocation is aligned with your risk target. And so you may have started the year off uh, where you need it to be, 50-50 split, right? And now it's out of whack. You need to rebalance. That's one thing you need to look to do uh, at the end of the year is rebalance back into that 50-50 split or whatever um, allocation you had. And that would basically mean selling some of the winners and taking those profits, right? Taking the profits and reallocating it to your um, that bond side of it to balance it out, uh, allocate money towards that, towards that bond portfolio. And now you're back at that 50-50 split. And so whenever the market has its downturn, you at least are you at least have uh, the proper allocation based on your risk target, and so you can't be uh, uh, blinded by the euphoria that's potentially out there simply because you've seen your investments go up and up and up. So the first thing you need to do uh, uh, this year or towards the end of this year, um, now that we're at, now that we're at the end of the year, is review those investments, make sure that you are in balance. All right. And so uh, another thing uh, that you should do. So number two is you need to review your uh, retirement plan. And so if you are um, if you're retired already, you need to make sure that uh, your income plan is, is still um, uh, is still there and, and, and is still uh, accommodating uh, your income needs. Uh, you also need to make sure that um, uh, you have good forms of mailbox money. The only mailbox money people have generally right now is Social Security. But if you have a pension, that's fantastic. Uh, that's good. That's coming in. And then you need to make sure that that what you're pulling from your uh, IRAs, 401ks uh, is the correct percentage. And um, do you need to adjust that for inflation? And we all know about inflation these days. Inflation is, is high. And that's what you should do if you are currently retired. Now, if you're currently working, uh, there is still time, if you can, to top out your retirement accounts, right? So um, and when, I'm, when I'm talking about your retirement accounts, your 401ks, 403bs, your company retirement plans. And so currently, as of 2021, uh, you can contribute up to uh, $19,500 into your uh, company retirement plan if you're under 50. If you're over 50, 
uh, you get you you can do um, uh, twenty six thousand dollars, which is I think like sixty five hundred dollars um, catch up contribution. And so, if you're able uh, to do that, uh, I would look to potentially do that. Um, and that's and and that by the way is either in your traditional four hundred one k or if your company has a Roth four hundred one k, you can do that. The difference is, of course, with the traditional four hundred one k is pre tax, and we we you, you should know how we feel about that. And then, of course, your Roth four hundred one k is after tax, uh, but uh, when that as that money grows, you can take that out tax free. So, um, if you can uh, max out that company retirement plan, um, if you don't have a company retirement plan, or if you've maxed out your company retirement plan, then you can look towards your IRA accounts. There's outside IRAs, traditional IRA, and your um, Roth IRA, and those uh, contribution limits are six thousand dollars if you're under fifty. And uh, $7,000, if you're over 50, is what you can contribute to those Roth or that traditional IRA. And so if you have under-contributed, you still do have at least a little bit of time uh, to uh, max that out and boost up your retirement planning. Um, And so you need to make sure uh, that you're doing those things because I'm telling you, compound interest is a wonderful thing. And the earlier you invest, uh, the sooner you or or the more money you put away, um, it basically has that potential to to grow. And uh, that compound interest just uh, I think uh, what's the name? Uh, Albert uh, Albert Einstein said Mm -hmm. the compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Right. Yes. Good stuff. Anyway, um, all right, I guess next segment we're going to, we'll dive into more of uh, these year-end wealth building tips that you need to make sure that you're utilizing. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. So we got little Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Little? Young? Yeah, young. Young, little. I don't know when he was born, but I know this song. um, Just called What Christmas Means to Me. It came out in 1967. Okay. He was 17. He was 17? Yep. Okay. So he wasn't so little, but he was still a young lad. Listen to this voice at 17. Just wow. Yeah, so different. Good stuff. Anyway. Welcome back to the show. Sing it, Stevie. The Marcus Warren Show. And so, where did we leave off? So last uh, last segment, uh, we left off and, we're, and we were talking about uh, the six or seven things that one should look to do to enhance their retirement or their wealth uh, going into 2022, but things you need to look to do uh, before the end of this year. Uh, And so the first thing I talked about was just reviewing your investments and making sure that you rebalance uh, your portfolio. And then of course, review your retirement plan, whether you are working or whether you're retired. And then the next thing you need to do is, uh, I think you need to harvest your tax losses. And so what does that mean? So it means this. So um, really, as, as th- this month, as, as early as December, uh, the S&P 500 is up over 20% and the Dow Jones is up over 15%. Um, and that's so, so far for the year. And of course, unfortunately, there are some stocks you may have some stocks, you may have some mutual funds that are still posting losses for the year. And so, therefore, it's likely that some items, uh, when you open up your investment statements, that some of it will show up in the red and you'll have uh, what are called uh, unrealized losses. And then hopefully you got some unrealized gains when you open up that brokerage statement. And so, what is harvesting what does it mean to harvest your tax losses? So what you can basically do is um, if you have uh, stocks or mutual funds or investments that have appreciated um, this year in 2021 
And you know that if you were just to sell them on, on, on their own, that you would have to pay capital gains, right? And if you don't know, now you know, you know. So you would have to pay capital gains. But you're like, you know what? Uh, I've had some, I've, I've had a pretty good, I've had a pretty good year and I have uh, at least these few stocks or these mutual funds have gone up, you know, pretty significantly. And I'm going to have a, a big capital gains bill. But what you can do to minimize that is if you have a few losers in your portfolio, which, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, we all do, you can take those losses and offset those on the gains of your winners to minimize that capital gains bill. Um, so that's a, that's a good strategy, and that is what's called tax loss harvesting. Also, generally what, what, what you can do with uh, some tax uh, or, or with, yeah, with, with tax losses um, in your portfolio is you can take, if you have $3,000 or you can move $3,000 of those tax losses, those capital gains losses, and you can move them over to offset your ordinary income. Yeah, that's right. Up to $3,000 you can offset with those capital losses. You can offset with your regular income. And you know what? Say you had 10 say you had $10,000 in capital gains losses for the year, right? Well, you only can move over 3,000 to offset it against your ordinary income, but the remaining 7,000, you can carry that over to the next year's uh, and offset your uh, your ordinary income with another three thousand of your capital gains losses. So uh, hopefully uh, you don't have you know a bunch of um, losers in in your portfolio where you have losses exceeding um, you know those 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 amounts where you have to carry over your losses uh, for years to come. But if you do, that is a tax strategy that that you can utilize. But um, and that's really what, really when, when, when I say harvesting tax losses, that's really a good way to make lemonade out of the lemons that were your investment choices, your bad investment choices, which unfortunately we all have. All right. Hey, on the opposite end of that spectrum and something that gets less talked about are tax, tax gains harvesting, um, which allows you to take some long-term capital gains because long-term capital gains um, are taxed at different rates than ordinary income and a portion of them up to a certain income level are taxed at zero percent. Zero. So in some cases, if your income, for example, is lower this year than it has been in the past, there might be some wiggle room for you to take some gains off the table and pay zero taxes on those. Zero. As long as they are long-term capital gains and below those income thresholds. There you go. There you go. That's why uh, she gets paid the big big bucks over there for uh, knowing about tax gain harvesting. I'm over here talking, talking about tax loss harvesting and you know, she's uh, thinking outside of the box. Yin to your yang. Outside of the box. We're, yang, we're right. yin and yang here. Yin and yang. Ebony and ivory. Uh, what else? Salt and pepper. Um, Interesting. Uh, what else I got? Okay. Uh, um, the sun and the moon. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. Yes, there we go. Uh, Heckle and Jekyll. All right, I'm done. What? All right. Um, uh, all right, so... What else can you do to maximize um, your wealth uh, before the end of the year? Um, one is, um, and this uh, may or may not make sense for a lot of people, um, what I'm about to say here, but choosing your health plan. Um, and so um, really, if, if, you're, if you're still working, uh, you know, health insurance, re, it's health insurance re-enrollment season. Right, we have this annual ritual uh, ritual of uh, choosing um, uh, your health insurance plan uh, each and every year. And really, what health insurance uh, is getting ever more uh, expensive. And uh, when you really think about it, um, you know this could be one of you know one of, one of the most important short term you know financial decisions that you make as far as what uh, insurance coverage you're going to have. Um, going into uh, to the new year, and so you generally have uh, you have many many options, but um, a couple of of just real simple decisions. One is uh, you can decide whether you're going to stick to that traditional uh, plan with a low deductible, right? Meaning that uh, if you get sick, you don't have to pay this big high deductible. 
Um, your premiums are generally a little bit higher, but if something happens, then uh, your, de- your deductibles are, are lower. And then the other option is you can subscribe to a high deductible option. And with the high deductible options, generally you have a cheaper premium. And by the way, these um, uh, high deductible plans, uh, they also come with the option uh, that allows you to uh, open up a health savings account or an HSA, right? Um, and so you can, hi- you can have these high deductible accounts, um, high deductible options, and uh, have an HSA. The only thing you have to think about is that if you have a lot of health issues, even though the premiums are cheaper uh, for a high deductible plan, um, in the long term, it might end up costing you more if you have a bunch of health issues throughout the year. So uh, make sure that you are choosing wisely in regards to whatever health plan uh, you're, you're going to choose. Um, all right. So uh, the next thing uh, that, that you can do, I think we're on number five, is it is it may be RMD season for you more senior folks who are age 72 or older. Or if you're grandfathered in, then you could be 70 and a half or older. But they changed the, uh, they changed the age, they meaning Congress, and now you don't have to take your required minimum distributions until you're 72 or older. And by the way, what is an RMD? Basically, the, the, the money you have accumulated in your IRA accounts or your company retirement plans you have to pull out once you are 72. If you do not pull that out, whether you are being rebellious against the government and you don't want to take your RMD or you just simply forget they are not playing, they will penalize you 50% if you do not take it out. So if you were supposed to take out $10,000 in your required minimum distribution and you forgot or did not do it, then they will penalize you $5,000 for not doing that then you got to take it out. Then you also have to pay taxes. So remember this, that um, if it's your first time, say you turn 72 this year. So you turn 72 in 2021. You actually have until April 1st of next year, 2022, to take your first distribution. Now, if you've been taking a distribution, you're 73, 74, and you've been taking money out, then you have until the end of this year to take that RMD, all right? So that's, if you, that's basically what you have to do when, when you get of a certain age. Now, say you don't need your required minimum distribution. Say you're in one of those positions, those fortunate positions where you're like, you know what? I know I have to pull this money out, but I don't necessarily need it. What can you do uh, with that money? Um, there are a few different options. I'll, I'll, I'll just give you two, uh, um, uh, two things that, that we've done here in our office. Um, one is we've taken an RMD. Um, we've had clients take their RMD, and they have used that to fund uh, a grandchild's uh, 529 plan. Remember that 529 plan is a tax advantage educational account. Um, now, the contributions, I'm sorry, the Um, The contributions to that 529 plan, they are after tax, but the growth that you get um, and the distributions that the grandchild will get in that 529 plan will be tax-free as long as they're used used to pay for education. So that's one thing you can do. Um, Another thing that you can do if you don't want to have to pay the tax on that required minimum distribution is you can just give it to a charity or a church. So if you have charitable inclinations, you can uh, direct that uh, RMD straight to the charity of your choice. So it goes straight from your IRA account directly to the charity, and then it does not count as taxable income on your tax return. So that is something that uh, we've been doing for clients. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a client come in next week or this week, I guess Sunday, so this week. Um, and we are going to uh, do that QCD, that Qualified Charitable Distribution, uh, out of her IRA. So there you go. And um, I have one more uh, thing that I want to talk about, but uh, we're running out of time here. Uh, we have emails coming up. So uh, I'll give you our our last tip and then we'll jump into some emails. You're listening to the Marcus Warren Show.
Oh yeah. <laughs> so this is Chuck Berry. This is a run, Rudolph, run. And um, this came out in 1958. Okay. Number 10 in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Number 36 in the U.K. Okay. Yeah. Christmas song. Hey, this is a... You know, kind of a non-traditional. Yeah, um, it is. Not bad, huh? I like it. Not bad at all. Run, run, Rudolph. make it in town. Good old Chuck Berry. Anyway. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. What a fantastic gift for the holidays. A retirement rescue game game plan that you can get for yourself. There you go. Give yourself the benefit of basically rescuing your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You have to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS, right? And you, you know what you get in that re- retirement rescue game plan? You'll get a copy of my two books. Wow. You'll get a few different financial reports. Wow. And you'll also get access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. Wow. That is a fantastic gift that you should give yourself this holiday season. The Retirement Rescue Game Plan. All you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. And it is delivered free of charge. Wow. To your front door via USPS. Like I said, what a fantastic gift to give yourself or someone else for the holidays. All right. So um, I was talking about uh, the six or so things you should do uh, before the end of the year to uh, help increase your wealth, protect your wealth, preserve that wealth. And I talked about reviewing your investments. I talked about reviewing your retirement plan. I talked about harvesting your tax losses, choosing the correct health plan. And then of course, planning for your required minimum distributions or your RMDs. And the last thing I want to talk about that you you should look to do by the end of the year. And time is a ticking because we only have a small amount of time before the end of the year is Roth conversion. So this is one of the things that that I talk about um, a lot because we are not only a a financial planning firm, but we're also a tax advisory firm. um, And, we understand that the current tax environment right now is especially favorable to Roth conversions. What do I mean by that? Well, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, uh, that is set to uh, expire or sunset um, by the end of 2025. So December 31st, 2025, um, no more Tax Cuts and Jobs Act tax rates are going up. Therefore... Roth conversions could cost less in your current taxes now up until then, right? So there's about four or five more tax seasons left to potentially convert money from that tax-deferred bucket to that tax-free bucket. Now, if you do a conversion, you do have to pay the tax, right? You can't get away from the tax, although tax rates are right now historically low, so it might behoove you to look into that strategy. It does not work for everyone, but um, for uh, some it does work and it works out beautifully if you can come up with a good plan and strategy. And that's a lot of, that's really one of the main things that we do here in the office. All right. Um, Because I don't want to get anyone a little nervous or scared or anything, but um, uh, I know it was on the table for them, them meaning Congress to remove the Roth conversion. That's right. Am I right, people? <laughs> That's I'm talking right. to my local uh, tax professional and expert over here. Yes. They were thinking about removing that bad boy, and that sends shivers nothing's, down my spine. Nothing's off the table. Nothing. No, right, it's still not off the table. Mm-mm. They're always yeah. looking and lurking. The That's government, right. they're always looking and lurking. 
There you go. I know we hammer that that nail a lot when it comes to uh, thinking about taxes, and the reason is because when it comes to financial planning or retirement planning, most people think about investments, growing investments. Yep. What rate of return am I going to get? What should I invest in? Should I buy Bitcoin? Those are all the the types of things that people think about. Mm-hmm. When really you can't control what the market's going to do. Correct. You don't have a lot of control over what's going to happen in the market, but what you do have control over are some of those tax strategies that you yes. can implement. Um, because we talk about all the time, taxes are going to be one of the biggest expenses that you face in retirement. And I think a lot of people have to just change that mindset away from mm-hmm. thinking about stuff that's not entirely in your control versus the stuff that is like tax planning. Fantastic point. Control what you can control. And that uh, is the fees that you pay. That's right. And taxes. That's right. We're talking about taxes. It's not a game. It's not a game. We're talking about Taxes. All right, let's get into some emails. Yes, it's email, email time. Time to check the mail. Hey, listeners, if anyone got that reference, please uh, send us an email. Uh, also, remember, if you have a question for Marcus, you can now leave us a message on the Ask Marcus line. How does it work? Call 502 622 1337 and leave a message with your question. If it's a good one, it might be featured on the show. Just call the Ask Marcus line. That's 502 502- 622-1337, and you might hear your question on the show only if it's a good one. First one today is from Vicki. She says, which of my accounts should I withdraw from first when I retire? She says, my 401k mainly consists of mutual funds, or should I use the cash in my bank first? Great question, uh, Vicki. Uh, um, this is what we call uh, order of withdrawal. Um, and like most things in retirement, it really depends on your individual situation. Um, And this is a major pitfall that many retirees face because getting the wrong order could impact or withdrawing your money in the wrong order could impact how long your money is going to last. So what are some factors uh, uh, that depend on this? Um, Well, there are a lot of things you got. uh, What do you got? You got your age, um, how much money you need each month, uh, how much money you'll be receiving from Social Security. Uh, when will you begin to take social security? Uh, how much do you have in each of your uh, accounts? It also depends on your long-term financial picture, especially if, um, you know, we were to implement tax planning strategies down the line. Um, you know, cause the conventional wisdom is to withdraw from your taxable accounts first, then your tax deferred accounts like your 401k. And then finally, uh, your tax free, uh, accounts like, uh, your Roth um, things of that nature. So, um, you know, if basically, uh, Vicki, if you want to know your specific withdrawal order or what works best for you, then you really do need to sit down with a good fiduciary uh, advisor who can help you determine what will work best for you. Uh, if you'd like us to do this for you, uh, you can go to talktomarcus.com, schedule that 15 minute phone call, and we can uh, see if we can help you out there. There you go. All right, um, let's do another. All right. Next one is from Stan. He says, I meant to begin withdrawing Social Security this year, but never got around to it with everything going on. Instead, I've just been using my savings to pay for my expenses. I have enough left in savings for about another year. Should I just wait until it runs out before claiming Social Security? All right, Stan the man. All right. Um, All right, Stan. Um. You know, it's really good that that you have uh, savings to fall back on and uh, that you're able to use that as income because even from a taxation point, uh, you're not paying taxes on the money that you're taking from your savings account. Um, You're only uh, you would only be paying taxes on any interest that that money may have been earning, which is probably nada, nothing, nunca, zip, zilch, zero because banks aren't paying you anything, right? Um, And so with Social Security, uh, Stan, um, up to 85% of that uh, could be taxable. So your tax burden will likely increase once you begin to take benefits. Also, remember that you need to have savings for emergency. So it's probably not a good idea to deplete deplete your savings um, completely. Um, and then if you plan on leaving money to your family, you know, you can pass the savings along to them. 
but your Social Security benefits would only continue um, to uh, be paid to your spouse um, if you have one. Um, so that's another consideration. And, you know, really, when, when you think about it, you know, these can sometimes be complex decisions to make because there are a lot of variables and moving parts uh, to think about. Um, this is why you need to have a plan uh, for income in retirement. Um, and so, you know, stuff to give you a recommendation uh, on when to take Social Security benefits, obviously, without knowing your full financial picture. And, and then, of course, there are longevity factors. Um, uh, but there are ways, uh, Stan, to maximize the amount of Social Security benefits uh, that you get over your lifetime. And, um, you know, we do a Social Security maximization uh, reports for uh, for a lot of our, our families and uh, clients that that we work with. Um, if you'd like us to look into that for you, um, you can go to talktomarcus.com. You can schedule a quick 15-minute phone call, and uh, we may be able to to help you out there. All right, stand the man. You know, he probably hates that too. By the way, I'm sure he's oh, yeah. called that mm-hmm. a lot during his. Uh, during his life, no one really likes that. Uh, stay in the man. But, is that, is that uh, from something? What's that from? Um, but I'll I tell you what. Go to talktomarcus.com. Schedule that 15-minute phone call, Stan. And I won't say that anymore. All right? Um, and that's not from any kind of movie, by the way. You know, you just ask what's where that from. I don't know. It just It's just good alliteration. Oh, you know, okay. Anyway. Sure. All right. All right. We're, we are done with this segment, and we are moving on. Coming up next, we have news you can use and news you can't use. This is the Marcus Warren Show. Oh boy, here we go. That's right. This is the uh, mother of all Christmas songs. Yes, it is. (laughs) So good. Yeah, it is. Of course, it's Mariah Carey. All I Want for Christmas is You Came out in uh, 1994 Wow Number one in the US and the UK Of course course. I think it's probably number one every year Every holiday season Yes Yep So she's made $60 million in royalties off of this song And that's not including 2021 Yeah Every year. This is that song that, well, obviously you could just live on the rest of your life. That's this right. Is if she only did this, she'd be this fun. This royalties every year, that royalty. That's, that's that mailbox money I talk about, people. Just coming in like clockwork. Every single, every single year. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. I'll tell you what, man, that's just uh, amazing. Just the, the mailbox money. The um, uh, the royalties, and you just know every year because mm-hmm. what did you say the statistic was a million streams a day mm-hmm. from after day after 24th. Christmas to or mm-hmm. Christmas all the way through mm-hmm. a million daily streams, yes. and that's just continual yes. mailbox money for Miss Mariah Carey. That's right. All right. All right. Anyway, let's get into some news you can use. Well, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday announced a faster timeline for pulling back the stimulus that it has deployed to support the economy through this pandemic as inflation is going up. The Federal Open Market Committee, that's the Fed's monetary policy arm, said they will taper their monthly purchases of treasury bonds and mortgage-backed securities at a quicker rate than they said they would in November. The Fed has been purchasing at least $80 billion in Treasury bonds and $40 billion in mortgage-backed securities each month since March 2020. Um, that's to keep borrowing costs low and the credit markets flowing. They said they'd reduce that by about half um, to down to $30 billion per month. So they're going to... Uh, uh, well, it looks like they're still going to be purchasing 40, so they're cutting yeah. it almost in half. Basically, what they want to do is they want to um, try to mitigate uh, the inflation. And generally, yes. the way that they mitigate inflation is by um, 
you know, tapering, um, um, which is the opposite of what, what they were doing earlier, which is quantitative easing, um, which is when they're buying big sums of uh, bonds and things of that nature. Um, and so um, that in turn could potentially increase uh, uh, interest rates. Uh, we could start seeing a tick up in, in, in interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they just need to slow down the money supply. And that's basically the, the game that the Fed, that's what the Fed is here for. They yes. look at what's going on in the economy and they either increase the money supply or they slow down the money supply. And they do that by tapering, by raising interest rates, by dropping interest rates. And, um, you know, that uh, can stimulate the economy. They're always trying to find that balance that, you know, that Goldilocks middle there that's where makes everything just right. And, you know, most of the time they might hit it for a little bit, but then it gets out of whack and they got to get it back in whack. Then it goes, you know, either way, the pendulum swings either way. And right now, you know, inflation is uh, with interest rates so low for so long. It was only bound, inflation was only bound to explode sooner or later. Yeah, they're anticipating three increases in interest rates next year. Um, uh, earlier they had said maybe just one, now they're anticipating three. And the thing about when they make policy changes, it takes time. It's not immediate. It nope. takes, you know, it's over maybe a year time span. And so exactly. that's why they're they're trying to figure out that balance. Like you said, when you think about the Federal Reserve in general, it's a weird kind of organization because it's not part of the government. It's the Illuminati, man. But it but it also <laughs> is, right? I mean, I don't even know how well, it's like a it's a private organization, uh, but also the government, you know, appoints the chairman and Yeah. It's a weird hybrid. Um it's uh, and, and they control everything, like you said, they, they are well, the Illuminati. They just control everything. They're that's the true much. Yeah, the true power is in the Fed. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, what else we Before got? Before we dig too deep into well, that conspiracy. I, um, I don't want anyone uh, knocking on my door right after this uh, show. Yeah. You know, and it's the mm-hmm. Illuminati and yes. the Fed saying, uh, Oh, no. With, uh, throw a bag over my head and put me in a van and you never hear from me again. We're going to be canceled. Well, you, you, know what what, you're you know what happened if, if, they, if, if, you don't, if we don't have a radio show here for the next uh, few weeks. Yes, you will know that, uh, why that is. Yep. Okay. Fed. Illuminati. All right. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau said Thursday that that it is seeking information from companies Affirm, Afterpay, Klarna, PayPal, and Zip on the risks and benefits of their products. The so-called buy now, pay pay later services lets shoppers defer payment for items, typically over a period of monthly installments with usually no interest rate uh, attached. Um, The consumer... Consumer Protection Bureau said that they are uh, concerned by the ability for customers to quickly accumulate debt through some of these plans, as well as a lack of sufficient regulatory disclosures and the harvesting of data. So, of course, whenever there's news about regulations, stock prices drop. Some of these uh, U.S.-based companies' stocks dropped a little bit after the news. Um, Investors really flocked to these stocks last year after the growth of the sector was supercharged by the, of course, coronavirus pandemic. A lot of people going online, online shopping, and now... um, able to buy now pay later yeah that that um you know i've 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 noticed that uh too um the buy now pay later i I saw it early on and when i say early on i'm talking maybe a couple of years or so ago Mm -hmm. where i started seeing these things kind of pop up Mm -hmm. um at least in, in in on my radar as far as me being a consumer right um and uh really just the the acceleration of it now where now that is all I see, and you know, it's it's big business, and once you know, big business uh, <clears throat> starts to, uh, you know, once business starts starts to uh, grow, mm-hmm. that's when the regulators step in and they say, let's check this out and see what's uh, see what's really crack a lacking, um, and if we need to, uh, um, to drop down the hammer of our regulation, and you know, I I think you know from a standpoint of you know firm or afterpay, you know being able to I, I know that it's worked especially with a lot of millennials and and, mm-hmm. and the Gen Yers who mm-hmm. um, you know aren't really into the credit card game. They don't yeah. mind um, breaking up uh, whatever thing they buy into four or five payments with no with zero interest. interest yeah, you know, and so I don't um, see the issue. I don't see an issue either, although. The one thing that I have seen since, you know, like I said, two or three years ago, using them or them coming on onto the radar um, and utilizing them. Now they do have options for where, where you can where you can pay interest. Mm-hmm. And then that to me just makes you another credit card company, right. another yes. finance company. Yes. Um, and so maybe that's what uh, 
uh, the regulators are going to look into. Mm. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Right. What else you got? Okay, your favorite and Times Mag- Time Magazine's person of the year, oh, Mr. Elon Musk, claims that he will pay more in taxes than anyone else in American history this okay. year. So the Tesla CEO made the remark in response to a tweet, of course he did, from uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, who said that uh, she criticized uh, uh, the country's tax code, which she called rigged, and she said that Elon Musk was uh, should pay his fair share of taxes instead of freeloading off of everyone else. He responded by saying, if you open your eyes for two seconds, you would realize that I pay more taxes than any American in history this year. He's likely facing a tax bill of up to $10 billion for some Tesla stock options that expire um, that he has to uh, uh, vest or whatever you do with expiring stock options. Um, Sell, I guess. Um, So $10 billion tax bill uh, maybe is what he's facing. Right. Um, before any dedu- deductions. You know, I, you know, I, I, yes, from a dollar mm-hmm. standpoint, yes, yeah. he, he will pay. But when you go with the, the, the percentage of your assets or the percentage of your income and all of yeah. the loopholes that they, uh, right. they being billionaires, um, utilize to pay as little as possible. Yes. yes. When you look at it from a dollar amount, it's like, wow, yes, that is a lot uh, of taxes, but in relation yes. to, or percentage wise, in relation to the to wealth or income, 255 billion. it is yeah. a lot less than the average uh, person pays. Mm-hmm. And, let, and speaking of persons, let, let's not get caught up in, in the, um, you know, the person, the time magazine person of the year. I mean, yeah. of him being a person of the year. Cause you know, there's been a, um, um, I've been a time magazine person of the year. So have you, really? so has all of our listeners, oh, right? Yes, yeah. Back right. in, uh, right. 2006. Yes. Um, the person of the year was you just look Me? it up. You, right. Oh, and okay. I think they had like a phone with a mirror on it. Like, you know, well, a phone with like a reflective, their, their, their Paper. cover mm-hmm. was reflective. Mm-hmm. And basically that was because most people were into their selfies and social media and all of that stuff. And they made it, uh, and made it you, um, Vladimir Putin has mm. been the person of the year. It doesn't you know count if it's 7 billion people. Um, I mean, um, almost 8 billion. Yeah. And so there you go. Hmm. Um, you know, just just some just some well, history. Yeah, and here, you're right. So, you know, recently with the ProPublica um, investigation that was released uh, uh, earlier, uh, 2018, Musk paid nothing in taxes. 27, uh, 2015, uh, he paid less than seventy thousand dollars in taxes. So he's been Jeez. he has been See? freeloading, as you yeah. know, Senator Warren says. Yeah, well, that, that's for, that, for that's, a while. You know, Senator Warren is is known for hyperbole. Yes, um, your you cousin. Know, yeah, my my cousin. <laughs> but you know, but you know, at the same time, I mean. Hey, yeah. change the it's tax done a code. a lot of government Change the tax code then, because That's one right. of the things that we do even here in our office is we want to find the green lights and utilize the tax code to our clients and our family's benefit. Mm-hmm. And so if uh, the billionaires are doing that or the millionaires are doing that, you know, um, you know, we try to utilize some of those same strategies for the uh, for our families and clients. And um, if, if it's in there, that means it, it's fine. We legal. Can do it. And yes. it's legal. There, there you go. go. And thank you, D, for that news. You can use. And you know, if we left you all with that, that would be enough. But that's not what we do here. We got to give you what you want. And that's the news you can't use. I say this a lot, but a lot of news is news you can't use. Yeah. Anyways, moving moving on. If the apparent there's an apparent crisp, uh, uh, cream cheese shortage that it uh, could potentially be ruining your Christmas cheesecake plans. Oh yeah. Well, I've got some good news I for love you. Cheesecake. Kind of good news. Philadelphia cream cheese wants to help you. Uh, help you out a little bit. So okay. acknowledging the ongoing supply chain disruption of uh, key cheesecake ingredient, cream yes, cheese, yes. the Kraft Heinz brand announced that they will reimburse 18,000 customers $20 for uh, making or purchasing another dessert instead. So uh, if you get one of those limited spots, you'll have to submit a store or a restaurant receipt dated after December 17th okay. and uh, before Christmas Eve, which shows that you purchased a dessert or dessert ingredient, meaning that you're not making cream cheese this year or uh, you're not making cheesecake this year because there's a shortage of cream cheese. But here is 20 bucks for purchasing or making another dessert. There you go. Now, 
Um, my favorite type of cheesecake is um, you know, good, good New York style uh, cheesecake. Um, um, there's a place called uh, Junior's. Um, Junior's has, Cheesecake? Yeah, that has good cheesecake. Um, had what about the Cheesecake Factory? The, the Junior's Cheesecake had to stop production at its New Jersey no! uh, facility twice because they didn't have enough What about the Cheesecake Factory? Cheese. Have they shut down? Is the Cheesecake Factory up the street? Is that shut down? or do, um, Actually, no, because they, they have serve. cheesecake is one of the, one of the what, 5,000 5, things mm-hmm. that they serve that's at the Cheesecake correct. Factory. Yes. That's weird, too. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. Maybe they expanded. Uh, Maybe they started out cheesecake only. I just don't understand from that perspective. Like, you, how can you have five thousand things on on the menu? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you can, you can't be good at sushi, and then serve uh, 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 spaghetti, and then tacos, and then uh, prime rib. I mean, really, is tell all that, that good? Tell that to the cheesecake factory. I mean, I know they can't, but is yes. it good? Because I've only been there like once, and I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what I have. Probably some chicken strips that doesn't really take anything to make but anyway anyway cheesecake factory if you're listening um you know i'm more than willing to sample the wide array of of uh menu items uh that you have on there the food items that you have on the menu if you want to send me some gift certificates or something i'll take it there we go anyway thank you d and we all know what that music means it means we've come to the end of the show i want to thank everyone for listening have a great week and take it easy on this sunday Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.